0: Welcome to the Gospel series, The Discourses of Jesus, Storing Treasures in Heaven, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19-24. to 24. The theme, the smart thing to do is to invest our whole lives into God's kingdom. The context is true, authentic, and transparent consecration to the plan and purposes of God in our lives. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Jesus said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, How great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Safe investments. Now, Jesus is not saying that we can't have a savings account, money market account, or investments, but we do have to watch out that these financial vehicles do not become our source because they are not secure. What Jesus is saying is that there is no safe investments on this planet, this earth. Luke chapter 12, verse 32 to 34. What is safe is God's bank account in heaven that has been opened for each of his kids. As we give and invest into God's kingdom, our spiritual account will be credited. You can read what can be credited to your account in Philippians chapter 4, verse 14 to 17. This is not talking about God wanting us impoverished or living in lack. When Jesus came to preach the good news to the poor, that included not being poor or oppressed anymore financially. Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to 21. He wants us to have treasure that is secure and still accessible for us to use on the earth today. Many of God's people have been misinformed that the return on what they give can't be touched until they get to heaven, like a retirement plan. Well, certainly there will be wonderful rewards for us to receive when we get to heaven. But we need God's provision while we live here on earth today. As children of God, we already have the first fruits of our inheritance to enjoy today. Romans chapter eight verse twenty-three, Second Corinthians one verse eighteen to twenty-two, and chapter five verse five, Ephesians chapter one verse three to fourteen. James one eighteen, Second Peter chapter one verse three through four, the fullness will come when we get to heaven for us to enjoy these rewards for all eternity. We see that in John chapter fourteen verse one through four, Romans eight verse seventeen to eighteen, First Corinthians thirteen verse twelve, Philippians chapter three verse twenty to twenty one, First John chapter three verse two through three, Revelation chapter five verse nine in chapter 20, verse 6, and chapter 22, verse 1 through 6. Our Heavenly Father has blessed us in this life beyond measure to be a blessing to others. Blessed to be a blessing. Acts 20, verse 35. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 through 11. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 to 32. 1 Timothy 6, verse 17. James chapter 1, verse 16 to 17. Sadly, many Christian folks have added a verse to our main text that is not there when Jesus said that we are laying up treasure in heaven and thou cannot touch it until thou art dead. That's the extra verse that people add. Consider the rich man who came to Jesus seeking eternal life in Mark chapter 10 verse 70 to 24. Unfortunately, this young man did not grasp what Jesus was offering him. Jesus was not telling him that he could not have anything on earth in order to serve him, that he had to be dirt poor. Jesus was telling him, I want you to transfer your wealth to my system, to exchange or convert your worldly goods into kingdom currency, that can be multiplied and withdrawn from later on on this earth. For a number of reasons, the young rich man's faith was in his stuff, and needed to be in Jesus as his source. Next, Jesus was telling him, that his possessions would be safe in his heavenly account so he could have access to it in order to do the things that he would need to do in following Jesus in the ministry. Notice the problem with the rich man was his trust in riches and comforts, and so-called security it would afford him. He could have gotten ill and spent all his money on doctors and never had gotten any better like the woman with the issue of blood. Then at that point, where would his money be? Mark chapter five verse twenty-five to twenty-six. So his dependence on money was hindering him from entering into the kingdom of God. His trust would have to switch from money to Jesus as his source for everything. Acts seventeen verse twenty-eight. It's not impossible for rich people to get saved. Jesus just said it was a challenge for them because their focus was on material things instead of the Creator, whose gold and silver is his and the cattle in the thousand hills. So the smartest thing for that rich man to have done was to give it all to the Lord, to be multiplied back to him again later on. So this spiritual account, as mentioned in Philippians chapter 4, that we have right now as believers in Christ Jesus, is for this life and the life to come. Deuteronomy 8 verse 18, Psalms 16 verse 11, Proverbs 13 verse 22. Psalms 35 verse 27 states, the Lord has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Now, in response to this discourse between Jesus and the rich man, Peter brought to Jesus' attention that they had left all to follow him. Notice Jesus made the amazing statement that they would receive in this life 100 times as much, not just in heaven, but also persecutions for following Jesus. Mark chapter 10 verse 28 to 30. The generation of Job and Abraham did not know anything other than God blessing them financially. You just can't sell that old lie of the devil that God brings poverty on all of us to keep us humble to the Jewish folks, because their Bible does not say that and neither does ours. The source of that kind of teaching partly came from Zen Buddhism through the study of Eastern religion by European people at the turn of the 18th century. That philosophy worked its way from there and started a trend of poverty vows and oaths which are not in the Bible nor a part of the New Covenant, but is actually in violation of the Covenant. Then it came over into North America. Beware of this poverty spirit and so-called religious piety. It's just the devil trying to steal from God's children and keep finances out of God's kingdom. Yet on the other hand, watch out for the spirit of materialism and consumerism that is pervasive in our society. That distracts and preoccupies us from following God's kingdom priorities. 1 Corinthians chapter seven verse thirty: Those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep; those who use the things of this world as if not engrossed in them. For this world in its present form is passing away. So certainly the Bible condemns the sins of idolatry, greed, selfishness, and covetousness. Money is not evil in and of itself. It's the love of money that ruins so many people. Mark eight verse thirty-six, Acts twenty verse thirty-three, Second Corinthians two verse 17, 1 Timothy six verse five through ten, and verse seventeen to nineteen, Hebrews thirteen five, Luke twelve fifteen. Jesus said to them, "Watch out! Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist." In the abundance of his possessions. Don't ever become attached to things. Be able to give away anything. Avoid becoming emotionally attached to stuff. The Lord asked for Abraham's best, Isaac, and he did not hesitate to obey God. The eye is the lamp of the body. Matthew 6, verse 22. Jesus went on to say, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body would be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness if then the light within you is darkness how great is that darkness jesus has stated that the eye is the lamp of the body let's study this out a little further matthew chapter 6 verse 22 was written within the context of having treasures in heaven where our treasure is there our heart will be also speaking of our priorities and our focus our eyes represent what is important to us what we are looking at, and what has captured our gaze. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, Jesus said, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Our eyes, like our ears, are gateways into our mind and spirit, the windows into our soul. The people we hang out with, where we choose to be, listen to, and watch has great influence upon us. Where our focus is set upon in life determines our conduct, behavior, and lifestyle. So what we are allowing into our lives through the windows of our soul, our eyes, has profound influence upon us. Proverbs 4.23, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Proverbs 23.7, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he, First Corinthians fifteen verse thirty-three. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. 1 Timothy five twenty-two. Do not share in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. The Bible instructs us where to set our attention. That's on Jesus through faith in His Word. What helps us and what we think on, according to Philippians chapter four verse four through eight, is what we are looking at. What we're gazing upon. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. Consider Peter when he walked on the water. As long as his eyes were on Jesus, he was walking on the water, according to Matthew chapter 14, verse 28 to 33. But when he got his eyes off of Jesus, that's when he began to sink. Colossians 3, verse 1. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Hebrews 3 verse 1, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest whom we confess. So the world view we have, the perspective and paradigm of life, must be Christ-centered. Otherwise, we will have a cloudy and distorted understanding of the world around us. Matthew 6 verse 22-23 says, Is worded basically the same as Luke chapter 11, verse 34 to 36. But Luke's account adds a little bit more to it. Luke chapter 11, verse 35. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it is dark, it will be completely lighted as when the light of a lamp shines on you. Our physical body will reflect our spiritual condition. Good or bad in health or sickness, third John verse two notes that spiritual prosperity proceeds physical health and financial prosperity. First Timothy four verse eight, walking in the light of the Word and in love will affect every area of our life. First John chapter one, verse seven. God does not mind us being rich financially, having a full supply. He just does not want us to be covetous. Second Corinthians eight verse nine cannot serve two masters. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The other problem with greed is the obsessive preoccupation of physical things, not just money. The idol of beauty, fame, power, or any other compulsive pursuit outside of our creator God. Mark chapter 4 verse 18 in the parable of the sower. Still others like seed sown among thorns hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. I like what it says in the Amplified in verse 19. Then the cares and anxieties of the world and distractions of the age and the pleasure and delight and false glamour and deceitfulness of riches, and the craving and passionate desire for other things creep in and choke and suffocate the word, and it becomes fruitless. The worries of this life, deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things, they do what? They choke out the things of God in our lives. They become weights and sins, according to Hebrews 12 verse 1. But rather, in verse 2, I love what it says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Why does Jesus call wealth deceitful? I wonder perhaps because of the distractions it can cause to solicit and capture our devotion and love away from God, who is a jealous God for us. Exodus 34 verse 14 Deuteronomy 32 verse 21 to twenty-two; Second Corinthians 11 verse 2 to love and be devoted to the things of this world is sin. James chapter 4, verse 1 through 10. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 to 17. Now, God understands that we have physical needs, and he is more than interested and able in meeting our daily needs in order for us to enjoy an abundance and a full supply in our lives. You know, blessed to be a blessing. Ephesians 3, verse 20 to 21. Let's not put them first or worry about them. But rather let's seek first his kingdom and righteousness, and all these other things will be added to us as well, according to Matthew chapter six, verse twenty five to thirty four. Here is a simple truth concerning the qualifications for prosperity. Esteem earthly things lightly and as temporary. Moses did not put the things of this world first. Rather he esteemed the kingdom of God more than the material world around him. He was looking ahead to his reward. Hebrews 11.24 By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. There is a price to following Jesus. But it's not to be sick oppressed impoverished and starving to death moses gave up worldly fame prestige and power but he never lacked any good thing from god his needs were always met and then some as we wrap this podcast up remember this it's not enough to be obedient or just willing we must be both willing and obedient in order to qualify for the blessings of god according to isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 to 20 God bless. I highly encourage you to continue listening to the Word of Life study series podcast and encourage your friends to tune in as well. The scriptures encourage us in Acts chapter 17 verse 11 to receive the message with great eagerness and to examine the scriptures every day in order to confirm the truth that you're hearing. God's word is our final authority for all matters that pertain to life and godliness. I'd like to close this episode by praying over you according to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when God raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. And in chapter 2, verse 6, And God raised us up with Christ, and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Be blessed and see you soon.